Our race acknowledges the unceded First Nation lands that we are recording this podcast on and the unceded lands in which you are listening on. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Tangents, a podcast where we start with a story important to us and break off into tangents to discuss ethical storytelling. Yeah, I think I think our race and and our uh, film and the nonprofit, the Documentary uh, Participants Empowerment Alliance, are just so well in line to 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 have these com- very very complex conversations about who gets to tell the story and why and and there's so many other great resources that are that are coming up now and people who have been working on this for a long time. And I think our voices are finally being heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that whole thing where you said about conscious consumption, it's, it's such a good way to think about it because people are being more conscious about certain things. But then when it comes down to this, it means I have to look at the story behind the story. And I think when we look at, say, a documentary or film or music, we only look at the end product we don't look at actually how it was made and who was impacted and how they impacted and i think by us asking those questions and this film really does make you question not just within documentary filmmaking but across other sectors like you said research marketing communications fundraising um and i know like jung talked about her experience she talked about sharing her her story where feeling that, and I guess you can talk to a better Jung, but sharing a story to government officials. And that question, whose story was it? Who's the story for? Who curated the story? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really damaging on so many fronts. Um, And, you know, recently, because I'm aware of the exploitation, right, of that story, and it is very audience-centric, you're telling it for the, the audience, right? And you're perceiving what the audience wants. And it's from a very marketable, it needs to be marketable, right? It needs to pull out the heartstrings, you know, it needs to tick so many boxes. But recently I was in um, a podcast with a friend of mine and I shared a little bit about my experience, my story. And just the other day, my sister-in-law called me and said, hey, I listened to your podcast and I made your brother, who she, my little brother is um, her husband, and I made him listen to the whole podcast because I told him there's a part of you in that, part of her husband, because I, I talked about my little brother. And she said it's so incredibly um, rewarding to hear it, to hear it from a different perspective. But I know that you were very conscious, not sharing too much about your family. And I, you know, she could sense that I was very cautious. I was very um, protective. And and I think that sometimes when people are asking you to tell a story, if you're not rehearsed, you're not uh, aware of what can happen to your family as you're telling the story without their permission, similar to what you did, Margie, is ask your family beforehand, right, before you participated in subject. Ask for their thoughts and their ideas and their pretty much blessing. 
and I feel exactly the same. Uh, and that is the most important aspect, crucial respect. It's respect for your own family and honoring their story and their spirit within that story. I know there's so many levels that we could, I mean, we could talk for hours about just this one thread, but there's so many levels and it's this idea of consent that we just, Mm. it's so, so important. And it, it takes on every aspect of life is this idea of consent. And so at the beginning, you know, and I don't think we, we did kind of a, um, experiment with this film subject so we made mistakes we made lots of mistakes and that's how we learned and figure it out oh okay so we really need someone to make sure there's here for mental health because it's all a toll on us and margie needed to take some time or oh wow we haven't even talked about life rights and that's something we need to talk about but it was really this this idea that i talked to my family at the beginning and just kind of asked for their blessing but then I didn't really check in with them as things progressed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I brought my dad on board um, and it was partially because I think he said yes, because it was a project that I really cared about, but I, I'm not entirely sure still how my dad feels about being in subject. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, my, my siblings haven't even seen the film yet. Um, and so there's a little bit of fear inside of me that's like, oh no, did I not do them justice? Or is this going to re-traumatize them? Or just how maybe I could have been more communicative as we were going through the process of making the film and letting my family really know, hey, this is what we're talking about. Um, But a really beautiful thing came out of it, too, because um, I was talking with my sister, who's a therapist now, because we've been through so much therapy, it just made sense that she moved into that that field. (laughs) And and she said, I would love to help with your nonprofit on the mental health side. And I said, sister, you're the only, possibly the only person in the world who could so perfectly, because she's a trauma specialist, you know, understand what it's like from the participant side Mm -hmm. and, and also the mental health expert side. (laughs) And so it's these beautiful connections that when you're open and honest and, and communicate that you can really bring your family in and make them feel I don't know if it's healing trauma, but it's making them feel like they have agency. Yeah. Yeah. It's agency. It's control, right? It's it's that control that you've lost throughout that trauma. And I think that's that part where you talk about, you know, making mistakes and, but then acknowledging them and learning from them and then going, Oh, the next time this, this, and that's, that's the only way we're going to do it. Like, because, it's, you know, by, by putting together a film like subject, which is questioning things, it's, it's, you're obviously going to make mistakes along the way and you're going to be held up to higher standards as well because you're critiquing in many ways. So it's that thing, oh, what did we learn through that process? What are we going to do next? 
And we've been the same when we've been going, oh, running workshops and things, doing this and going, oh, we did that. All right, we need to change this and look at, you know, and, and, it's, and it's always changing. Like we're always at the end of going, oh, another mistake. Let's, mm-hmm. right, what are we going to do for that one to, to, to make it better next time? And it's, it's an ongoing process. And I think it's like you were saying, even with the consent, it's ongoing with the communication with, with the participants and, you know, it's the participants that are the participants which includes your family or the participants that includes the people that we don't see as front and centre through that story-making process. Mm. Yeah, it's very exciting, like, what, what you're doing with it. And I, one of the things for us is we're next month, actually, a month from today, we'll be doing, well, a bit less than a month, we've got the Sydney Film Festival first that you're going to be talking, I think you're going to be talking on the panels afterwards. Um, I'm not sure if that's been confirmed yet, but uh, I know there's two screenings. Yes. Yeah. I'll be doing a five-minute um, intro and then a 15-minute Q&A um, with both screenings. Yes. Excellent. Okay, so they're on mm-hmm. the, if I'm correct, the 16th and the 18th of June? Yes. Yeah, so we to get along to those ones. And then we're going to be touring across the country. So we've got mm-hmm. 21st mm-hmm. of June will be in Canberra. And then we'll be going down to Melbourne, which is going to be on the 22nd of June. And then up to Brisbane, where Jung will be on the 25th of June. <laughs> and then we're finishing off on the 27th of June back in Sydney for our final screening and there might be some other bits and pieces that come up as well we'll see how we go with the (laughs) organic nature of it all (laughs) Uh, and I guess Margie probably the next sort of point is like that question of who gets to tell the story and how like based on your experience like you know how do we do it better through the mistakes that have been made and telling if the people are telling the story, who gets to own it and how do you respectfully work with someone if you're working with someone to help tell their story? Yes. I mean, we already have some really great resources from the Documentary Accountability Working Group, DOG, D-A-W-G. Yeah. <laughs> I just love them. We, we have um, Sonia Childers. There, there are a few people actually in our documentary that are from DOG. Um, and, and Dr. Rashad, our, um, our uh, participant advocate and executive producer, and they have made a framework, an ethical framework for documentary filmmaking that's on their website. And it starts from this ideation all the way until, you know, impact. And the, they ask these really, there's no like one size fits all. If you're making an expose about a dictator, mm. that's going to be different than how you handle a film about a little girl and her pet. There's different kinds of consents that you need. Mm. There's different kinds of permits. There's all sorts of things are different. But if you start out from this idea of asking yourself, why am I telling this story and why am I the one to tell the story and what do I bring with me on this journey? And, and are there people that I could collaborate with from, if it's not my community from that community that can be a part of the decision-making process for the film. And 
and just really asking these questions of how do I, how do I really know what true consent is and continued consent with the participants and how do I best communicate and hold space for the participants along the whole process, you know, even up to impact, seeing what they want to do with the impact where they want to see the film. Um, so there's so many, uh, luckily, so Jennifer Teixeira, one of our co-directors after subject, she moved on to, to, um, direct an HBO, uh, series, um, documentary series called unveiled and she was working with very traumatized participants who were actually in pretty great danger as well mm -hmm. for speaking up and she gave them a consent calendar that said okay we're going to shoot anonymously and not anonymously anonymously it's a hard word to say um and we and at this point you'll need to choose which one you know and then at this point this is when it um i lose my power as a director and hbo you know and the clients take mm -hmm. over the edit mm -hmm. and and we won't be able to change anything so just really make and, and then this point is when the release is and then this is what the impact looks like and this is where the billboards are going to be in mm -hmm. these cities and really being intentional about letting each step the, the participant have agency and knowledge did she take the learnings from subject and add it to that process with this documentary i mean just from the logistical standpoint we already knew what the line item for a participant advocate and a mental health advocate would cost yeah so she had i think four or five i don't know exactly how many but she had a number of trained psychologists um working with these participants on on unveiled and so she already knew you know what a timeline would look like for consent she because we we did this for you know and made so many mistakes along the way she already had this wonderful structure um in order to to take it to the next yeah. uh project and i think that's something that documentary filmmaking we've been so closed chested or like closed I don't know, lived for so long mm -hmm. as filmmakers about these resources. They're so scarce. They're so hard to come by. And it's so hard to make a living as a documentary director or filmmaker. And so we don't want to share our line item, you know, mm -hmm. costs. And we don't want to share our budgets. And we don't want to share these things. And we don't even get information from the streaming companies about how well our films are doing. Anyway, we don't get any data from them. And wow. so um, it's it's just this t t like tight, tight holding things into our chest as filmmakers. So mm. I think that, you know, uh, w there are a number of nonprofits that are working on just making these these line items public and actually saying, if we make this as a standard, and if we say we're going to pay our participants a, a day rate or we're going to pay, you know, mm -hmm. compensate our participants, then then, you know, PBS is now having talks in the United States about about compensation and all of these questions. And even Netflix, which mm. seems like a cold hearted snake is 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 watching subject and talking about it and and trying to figure out maybe there's some wiggle room in there
Yeah. And it's it's such a important point that we need to be questioning and asking further about who's being paid, who's not being paid, who owns the rights, who has creative control, and who benefits from the story. Because I think in the end, it's always been so unbalanced where it's it's been um, the organisations who have the control of it. And so it, it then has a flow and effect to directors, producers who are just trying to make their then the ends meet a lot of the time and so they're not sharing and so it, it all trickles down in a way where it's not about sharing it's not about putting the participants first and so people start saying you know it's not they're not an actor so i'm not going to pay my participants or things like that or even standard sort of practice from the filmmakers where they're actually just not even expecting to have the rights to the story and i heard this just on last monday I went to a short film festival in Western Sydney, and each of the filmmakers were given a small amount of money. I think it was like nine thousand Australian dollars to make a film. And as part of that, they showed the film. Uh, and at the end of it, I heard they had like Q and A. Then they, I heard, overheard somebody asking, "Oh, when do we get to watch this film again?" And they said, "Oh, I don't know because we don't have the rights to it anymore. The university owns the rights to it, so so I'm I don't know whenever they choose." So, so that, that thing of commissioning a piece of work and then the contract says, once you've finished your piece of art, it is no longer your, no longer yours. And so there are so many questions that we need to ask about ownership and payment that goes all the way along the line. Um, it's not just the filmmakers, it's further up the line where the questions need to be asked as well. And I think that's where. A lot of people watching subject don't have to look at it as, as a personal attack as a director producer. It's also asking the questions upwards as well, going, ah, oh, how can we do this better? How can we share this more equally? You know, and do yeah, it. Yeah, and why are we and why are we put under these constraints, you know, as filmmakers? What what's really going on here? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, it's there's so much and it's going to be so good because we're going to be able to have more and more of these conversations when you're in Australia and it's going to be unbelievable. Um, I guess um, if there's any if people who, who are thinking about coming to the film, um, have you got anything that you'd like to tease them with about, about saying who, who, it's, who it's for and, and why to come and check it out? Well, I think the best teaser is that we have such interesting participants and experts. And each one of us has had agency over our own stories and given feedback on our own parts of the film. And we have famous, you know, amazing directors coming and talking about the history of documentary filmmaking. And it's more than just oh, where are they now? That is not what subject is about. It's really, really just asking the, the important questions about how to take care of each other. And so it's, there, there are parts that are funny. You know, Arthur is such a bright star <laughs> from Hoop Dreams. And we just, it's a full range of emotions. And uh Really, we made subject as a love letter to the film industry, saying we love, you know, we, we show, oh, I think, 125 films, something crazy like that, documentaries in our film. 
We love them. It's just, we want to do better. <laughs> what a fitting uh, advertisement right, for people to come and watch the screening with us, but also watch for subject when it is, you know, open uh, elsewhere. And I think this documentary is so groundbreaking because we are changing the way, the practice of not just filmmaking, but across, hopefully ask people some questions about what they do within their own industries as well. How can we be more conscious and more ethical in the way in which we work with another human being and their story? You know, it's it's changing that power dynamic, isn't it? It's sharing power. It's questioning the power we have. It's sharing power with community. So this is, we are so, so happy to have you come and um, participate in the tour with us. I can't wait until you come to Brisbane uh, it's <laughs> and show you Brisbane. I mean, it's <laughs> um, show you what we have here, but also the incredible storytellers. There's incredible story holders that we work with and the community, our First Nations community here who are, you know, doing a lot of truth telling at the moment. We're going through some political conversations about treaty and the voice um of our first nations people here and it's such a passionate conversation and everything that we talk about um today with subject but also the work that our races have been doing with our transformational ethical storytelling uh framework it is it underpins you know how we practice and how we practice not just ethically but consciously in everything that we do so i i'm super excited to have you <laughs> I'm so, I mean, I've been to Melbourne and, and uh, Darwin, okay. and that was my introduction <laughs> to Australia in January 2020, so right before the pandemic. I went, I have friends in Melbourne and they took, they were like, let's go up to Darwin and see the Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just so excited to see more of this, this beautiful country and, and I've just, everyone I've met has been... I, great storytellers. I mean, Australians are great storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast and we will see you in about less than a month's time. <laughs> I know, I need to make it from France all the way over to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Tangents Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when a new episode drops. And you can find us at ourrace.com.au, LinkedIn, and Instagram.